Hello and welcome to The Gray Area, where I give interviews with developers, talk about gaming news and reviews, and focus on the interrelationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray and this is the 75th episode in a weekly series called Stop Sexism in Video Games. Here with me is Krista Hauser from Fifth Column Games, Victoria Cooper, member of HTL, Joe Peacock, blogger and author, and Elizabeth Sang, fellow gamer. Welcome you guys, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for having us. I commend your bravery for tackling this tough issue. Last week's episode was a discussion with Chris Fire Scott from Chocolate Lemon and 8-Bit about Evo and competitive gaming. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today is Wednesday, August 1st, and we are going to discuss misogyny and sexism in gaming, and also a welcome to the chat room. So this is a roundtable discussion. Uh, we're going to use some main stories to illustrate our point and provide topics for discussion. Uh, so we're going to start with one that most people know about, which isn't really all about gaming, but she does cover that topic as well. So I'm going to ask Victoria to start with our first story and give us some background on that. So Victoria. Okay, so um, Anita Sarkeesian uh, kind of brings... Um, I don't know what I kind of regard as sort of a scholarly analysis to uh, the mainstream in a way that's not boring. <laughs> um, so I first saw Tropes vs. Women on YouTube where she has a channel and she used it for um, to kind of explain some of the tropes and motifs that recur in uh, portrayals of women um, that are kind of negative. Um, they sort of... Uh, propagate negative ideas, negative sort of portrayals, and, and they keep going because they've become so ingrained in uh, in the way we portray women, the way um, women are seen in the media, that kind of thing, that it just keeps going and people kind of, uh, they let it wash over them and don't see how it might be uh, affecting our understanding of women uh, and femininity and uh, what all of that entails. So she started a Kickstarter thingy, funding thingy to um, raise money for her new project which is Tropes vs Women in Video Games um, and she raised $160,000 almost, got almost 7,000 backers and uh, I swore then, uh, <laughs> a storm of chaos <laughs> rained down upon her, it was horrendous. Um, so. The thing is that she had all these people who wanted to see the show that she's going to produce, you know, these 7,000 people. But she also had this kind of swarm of people who were angry at her. And I feel like it, probably people who think she's trying to blame men or kind of stir the pot for the sake of it to get fame or something, you know, kind of along those lines. And basically some of the harassment she suffered, kind of internet harassment that's kind of funny, you know, um... She was given little captions in the kind of typical internet meme way. And I kind of see that as satire. It's a bit silly, you know. But then it got worse and worse. And it got to the point where they were drawing um, cartoons of uh, Anita being raped um, by video game characters like Mario or um, being uh, tied up in controller um, wires and being raped. Um, they put hardcore porn on her Wikipedia page, they emailed it to her, put it on her Facebook, um, and finally I think the kind of uh, crowning moment of this <laughs> horrendous behaviour was the uh, beat up Anita Sarkeesian game, where you could um, so click to punch her 
and she would grow progressively more and more beaten up. And like when I looked at it, it looked like um, the posters or the adverts that you'd see for domestic violence, you know, stop oh, domestic abuse. Yeah, and it's the first thing that jumps to my head. So when I read, like, it's the beat of Anita game, I was horrified and, and upset, you know, frightened that she she just kind of... She just demonstrated some things. She hadn't. She hadn't really said anything that I found that controversial, and that is the kind of backlash she she suffered. Um, so that's what's been going on with Anita, and uh, she's she's uh, a trooper, and she hasn't given up, and um, she's kind of pub making public all of the stuff she receives. Um, and I think it's important to do that, and not just go quiet or give up or anything like that. Um, and I'm quite horrified by the entire uh, sham that is this harassment case. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Any opinions you want to share? Otherwise, I think you did a good job describing that, Victoria. Definitely so. Totally. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say that when I first saw this Let's Beat Up in the Sarkeesian game come out, I was stunned and horrified because the last thing we need to do, given the current political realities surrounding women right now is incentivize any kind of violence against women. That seems like an obvious bad idea. And trying to couch it under some kind of terms of equal treatment uh, it seems ridiculous. Uh, it's a straw man, clearly, and it's not logical. Well, considering the point of the, the Kickstarter project you know, itself, it seems like her point was very proven by all this negative commentary and all the reaction and everybody acting like a child about the whole thing. Um, yeah, clearly the project's needed and, uh, and not making some people happy. So you've got to wonder, uh, I didn't realize there were quite that many people that had an opinion about it until suddenly they were all there. <laughs> mm. Totally. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking about some of those themes with the other stories as well, um, but that, I think, is one of the ones most recently that I feel is extreme. Um, but I'm glad the Kickstarter project was funded, so hopefully we'll have to, to hear where she goes from there. It's really sad that people feel like they can just, you know, I hear that a lot, um, that people are kind of abused on the Internet, for the, especially women, um, because there's no face behind it, because they think they can get away with it, because, you know, it's not in person. Um, but I, it's really sad that 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 is a constant theme. Well, it just kind of reiterates this kind of culture of uh, abuse. I think we have fostered, unwittingly fostered, a culture of abuse on the internet where, uh, you know, the, the, the line between freedom of speech and being a jerk is, is completely blurred. It's, it's not there. There's no line anymore. And, uh, and the moment you, you say, dude, you can't say that, they kind of cry, oh, I'm free to say whatever I like, especially on the internet where... There's no ramification of that's rude or impolite or illegal, you know, what you're doing. In real life, it would just never happen, you know, and I hate that kind of common decency and um, a sense of uh, social morality and all those kind of things that come naturally to most people in real life are um, not just lost on the internet, but um, almost disapproved of. It's like you don't have to, and it's your right not to have to. Um, and I think that's that's one of the most shocking things that's come out of this, not just what the lengths people are willing to go to, but how far people are willing to defend going to those lengths as if it's their right to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, something about this 
this that I thought was kind of interesting is that you're right. It proves that there isn't really like common courtesy on the internet anymore. And you wonder uh, some of the solutions that people are going to offer for this. And I'm sure Elizabeth's going to probably cover that toward the end. Some people are saying from now on, maybe anonymity should be something that should be taken away from people in certain platforms. And that'll be something I'd like to address a little later uh, toward the end of solutions. But let's move to our next story. Uh, looks like Joe might have dropped out from us, so we're going to jump to me. <laughs> uh, Aisha Tyler, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, someone that I personally love so much because she plays uh, Lana Kane on Archer, you may know her. Uh, she hosted E3 2012 this year, and she was chosen by Ubisoft to present the E3 press conference. Afterwards, she received a huge barrage of abuse from gamers who felt like she knew nothing about the subject matter, basically because she was pretty and female. And one of the worst reported was, quote, this is what happens when you let Jews and liberals infect your industry to inject diversity and progress. Don't let them kill our games. And her Facebook response to all this uh, has been kind of an internet sensation and brought a lot of people to her Facebook page. Interestingly enough, this has created kind of a, a, a sub-community on her Facebook page, especially for girl gamers and other people who feel uh, as she did. And what she said, quote, is, I go to E3 each year because I love video games, because new titles still get me high, because I still love getting swag, love wearing my gamer pride on my sleeve. People ask me what console I play. Motherfucker, all of them. So that was her response uh, to that. And something similar, I thought this was interesting because E3 has kind of a trend happening. In 2007, the same thing happened with Ubisoft producer Jade Raymond. She was at the E3 press conference. She introduced Assassin's Creed, and she got a lot of nasty sexist comments after she was finished. Uh, countless comments basically questioning her involvement with the production of the game and saying that she was eye candy and couldn't possibly have any contributions other than her physical beauty. Um, there was even an internet comic made showing Raymond in a variety of pornographic situations with other gamers. So thoughts, I guess, from you guys on why they couldn't just be congratulated on doing their job or maybe criticized for their performance if people didn't like it. Why do you think people attacked them going there, like going right to the woman card and not for their performance? Because I could understand if you felt they didn't do a good job and you wanted to discuss that as a person, but why go right to the, the card of, oh, well, she can't possibly know anything because she's a woman or because she's pretty. <laughs> like they're exclusive, pretty, stupid, you know. What do you guys think about that? It's easy, isn't it? It's just, it's just really easy, you know. If, um, if it, it, the easiest way to attack someone is to find out what others done from you. If you're a guy okay, they're a woman, and because that's different, then that's the scary unknown. That must be what makes them weak. And um, you can find it everywhere. If you're white, you can say they're black, and that's the problem. Or, uh, you know, if you're English, you can say they're American, and that's the problem. Um, it's just so easy, and especially in, in a male-dominated environment, it's so easy to pick on the fact that they're women. And because, um, because it's almost okay, I think, to pick on women and make women jokes... Um, you kind of find the lads ganging up and agreeing and, you know, pulling out the make me a sandwich card and <laughs> it, it's, it's almost normal to do it. Um, and I don't think, I think some of them don't see or care how badly it affects women who are, they're doing their jobs, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think I have like a slightly probably not very popular opinion, um, but I'm going to go for the obvious one. Um, 
And that's that I, I feel like sometimes because of the social stigma that men are better at everything than women, then it's going to boil down to like an inadequacy feeling like, oh, this girl is better than me. So instead of being like, hey, you're a motherfucking badass, it's like, oh, um, well, you're a girl, so you're not any good at this because you're better than me and you're making me feel inadequate and I'm a man and I'm better at it. And it's just easier to attack somebody than it is to just be like, hey, you're, you know, you're more awesome than me. Like, I mean, I made jokes before about like, you know, like deflection, like I've teased my friends that they kick my ass in a game and I'll make like a joke, like a deflection, like, oh, you know, you did good because of this. Like you did good because like I like it's I don't know, like left for dead, like, oh, it's raining. I fell off the pole, you know, like. Um, and so I feel like it's like that, but like on a more serious level. Um, and of course, like the social stigma for gender bias, like men are better at everything than women. And society kind of makes it easy to use that as an excuse. Well, and we're conditioned to accept that from childhood, right? Got beaten by a girl? That's really bad. That's even worse than just getting beaten, right? Yeah, it's it's something that we are sort of culturally taught to accept as being the worst thing. If a woman is good at what she does, they're certainly not considered equals. And better than you. <laughs> That's unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, ingrained, it's ingrained within the language of the internet. You know, if you lose, you cry like a bitch which is just really common. Um, you know, you fight like a girl. It's, it's, always, it's always like that. It's not like you fight like, you know, you have absolutely no upper body strength. No, you fight like a girl because <laughs> girls are weak and they can't fight. They suck. Right. Well, you have well, to wonder. I'm wondering. I mean, most of the guys that I know play female characters. And universally, men love to play female characters. And they'll tell you it's because they prefer to watch a girl's butt rather than their own or whatever. But... You have to say, at least I do, the more games I play with female characters, the more I feel like, wow, look at this girl. She's kicking butt. I'm being this girl and I'm shooting everything and I'm doing well. And, and have some admiration for your character and some attachment to your character. And you have to wonder, if you're a guy playing a girl character, would that not encourage you to look at women and say, wow, my character is amazing and I'm attached to her and, and transfer that respect somehow to women in general? I'm always, you know, interested that it seems like that doesn't doesn't ever transfer. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Um, I want to weigh in on just a previous point, and then we'll get back to that. Just, just there is a variance that I don't think we give enough deference to, and that's the changing of language. Things like you fight like a bitch. When I tell my friend that you know when we're we're horsing around and I beat him, and I'm like you little bitch, I don't think of him as you little girl. I don't think of him as you little female. I think of him as a bitch. Like, there's no... The connotation came from female dog in heat, you know, the breeding animal, and it became derogatory towards women. And it still is in so many regards. But then there's these little instances that are starting to grow out. Things like South Park's take on the word fag. The word fag, in some connotations, in a lot of ways, doesn't mean homosexual male anymore. It means you're a fag. Quit whining. Just, just stop being such a little fag. Right. So is it ambiguous? Yeah, it's a little ambiguous. And there's still connotations there that mean weak or pathetic or whiny. I don't necessarily think that when I call someone a bitch, I'm ha I have a woman in mind. I don't think that I've never really told anyone they fight like a girl, except for my wife who fights like a girl and punches like crazy because I taught her how to fight. And, you know, it's not an insult. It's just a joke. But I don't know. So so on that point, I'm sorry if I am, you know, going backwards in time and ruining flow of the podcast no but, no that's good i mean i think there's 
there are little kernels and nuggets of progress that are taking place, not that derogatory speech is progress, but there are things that we can't discount. We can't discount the fact that we're, I mean, I'm not sure how old you guys are. I'm 35. I'm three generations removed from my nephews right now. And some of the language they use just doesn't mean to them the same thing it meant to me when I was younger. And the stuff I say now doesn't mean anywhere near what it means to my father, who's 84. You know, and it's just one of those things that we have to kind of allow. Now, female characters, I play female characters in RPGs constantly because they just look better. The armor's better designed. I'm a designer, so I'm one of those rare men who actually understand the difference between chartreuse and melody. All right? Um, (laughs) Please don't get me started on armor and female characters because we'll be here all day. Oh, it's all (laughs) one. I mean, the thing is, like, I work around a lot of comic book people. I'm a member of a comic book studio, and then I'm friends with a bunch of comic book guys. So I'm extremely well-versed in that waspy waist, boob-butt shot that defies physics and anatomy, and it's just one thing for Like, that's not my preference. Your character I, may also serve as a flotation device. Yeah. It's like, well, not flotation device. It's It could sure balloons. It's so bony and weird. And, like, there's no skeletal form in there. <laughs> Realized it's over-sexualized. And there's... Stances I personally take on that stuff, I never really got into like the Angela character in Spawn or Power Girl doesn't do it for me. I'm a big fan of Dan Klaus. I love Ghost World. I'm a big fan of characters with depth rather than visual. When it comes to like, you know, RPGs, I'm a big fan of Dragon Age. I love, you know, Mass Effect and I think the female characters are exceptionally well designed. Um, I think the armor, I prefer to look at women than men for 60 plus hours and in the <laughs> in 180. But do you find looking at these women makes you feel like appreciative for your character that you're playing? I mean, that's kind of the question. Like, does that inspire you to look at women and say, wow, look at the awesome things that, you know, my character's doing? Or do you look at her and just go, I guess what I'm saying is, does it help you to objectify if you do women by saying like, oh, look at this, you know, really pe- pretty piece of, you know what? Or does it make you go, wow, look at my character Felicia and how she kicks ass? Like, which do you think, think, you know? I think you're putting the cart before the horse or the horse before, you know, I think you're, you're looking at causation versus correlation. And like, for me, it depends on how the character's written. I think a strong character is a strong character. And in the case of things like Dragon Age, Mass Effect, Oblivion, the character's plotline is so thick and varied and, and, and strong that you can swap out either gender and they're completely identical storylines and they're completely adherent to the fiction. Yet one has the nuances of female speech and one has the nuances of male speech. And I prefer to listen to a woman talk, look, walk, you know, move around. Then I prefer to watch a guy. I'm, I'm also a big fan of, you know, female protagonists in, in most storylines and most fiction. And that's where, you know, eventually we'll get to the point of what I wrote. Um, and how can I be saying these things and also hate women so vitriolically and, and be such a misogynist? Um, I'm not. That's the point. Yeah, no one thinks, well, not no one. You're not here because I think you're a misogynist. Let's just say that. (laughs) Uh, That's a thing to contribute. Contribute. Um, About the writing, like, I I slightly disagree. I I mean, I I agree for the most part that um, the writing makes the character, not necessarily just the character design. But 
I think that there's still the problem with that because like, okay, so really good example I was thinking of is like, um, I thought of Tally from Mass Effect. Really good writing. Everybody likes Tally. Like, there's no, there's nobody I've ever met that was just like, oh, yeah, like, she was a really annoying character. Like even people that didn't like romance her, like everybody likes Tally. Tally's likable. And she's also got like the cute little sister vibe. Um, more than any other um, character that I can think of. I mean, she's not like, they didn't, she's not like Miranda in Mass Effect where it's like, hey, here's the sex object. This is the toy. You're welcome. Um, so Tally is as safe as it gets, I feel like. she's Everybody likes her. She's really adorable, really cute. But you will see like any pictures of her on the internet or videos of her. Like you'll see, there's some, there's some video that someone made that's like a Taylor Swift music video where the lyrics are Tally lyrics. And it's literally the most pat on the head adorable thing I've ever seen. But people are still like, yeah, that ass in the comments. So like, even if the writing is really good and people appreciate the character for the writing, that still happens. It still happens. It, just, it isn't yeah. going to stop. In fact, we're not going to solve gender issues on this podcast or in our generation or I would even say in America in our lifetime until our civilization falls. It isn't going to happen. And I'll tell you why. It's because it's going to take a monumental shakeup, much like what happened in Egypt when matri uh, matriarchal societies then went by the wayside and patriarchal societies took over. I mean, you're battling tens of thousands of years of genetics, unless you believe in the Bible's version of it, then 6,280 years of genetics, that, you know, it dictates how we behave with one another. We're men and women, and I don't think that the issue is men and women should behave differently to one another or identical to one another in inherently. I think that the issue is, are there laws on the books that say women's roles are diminished and their ability to work is lower, so you should pay them 20% less? The answer is not anymore, and that's good. That's not the, the winning the war. That's winning a battle towards progress where legally your federal government doesn't keep you in the dark or keep you at bay. But, but I think you can look look at just our generation and say, you know what, when I was younger, um, it was like not cool to be gay. And now, you know, if you say something anti-gay and you're on a Ventrilo server, people are going to speak up and say, hey, that's not acceptable. And that is not something that would have happened 10 years ago, you know, even five years ago. I think at this point, you can't just say, well, this is something we have to live with. I think you can say, look, there's been progress made in racial issues. There's been progress made in, you know, gender issues as far as, you know, sexuality. I don't see why you can't expect that there will be some progress regarding, uh, you know, female issues as well and the way women are treated or looked at. I think, of course, you know, men and women are different and are always going to be, hopefully, I'm not trying to say we should all be the same. I think we're different as we are, but I still think we can look at each other and treat each other a little better. You're not wrong. What I'm saying I mean, is, the that thing is that thought crime is like not a thing, and it should never be. You can think whatever the hell you like, and if you, when you look at Tally, you think that ass, good for you. It, thought crime. That's your thing. But um, what matters is uh, what you do. It's act your actions count. Um, you know, and I mean, the thing is, it's like. It's like the story of the girl in the elevator. Um, she did an atheist conference. Yes. She's a feminist. She was in an elevator it, abroad. It was 4 a.m. She was coming back from the bar, and a guy asked her to his room for coffee. She was. She said no, and that was it. But she was really upset. And to be quite honest, I found it a little ridiculous. In his mind, what was he thinking? He was probably thinking about getting her back to his room, and we'll see. Coffee. I finally got her alone and I was waiting all day to talk to her because I'm shy. That's what I think he was thinking. But I don't know. I mean, even if in his head he was like, I'm going to bang you. 
<laughs> he asked her politely, will you come to my room for coffee? She said no. That was the end of it. And she was so offended that he dared do that to her, that he put her in that horrible position. And it's like, it's not a horrible position. He treated you like, he was very nice. You know, he wanted something. You didn't want to give it to him. And, and he backed off. He didn't touch her or um, abuse her or shout at her. He just... I, mean, I imagine he was mortified, but it's that kind of thing. You can think whatever you like, and it's your actions that are important. And what we're trying to nurture here is uh, an understanding that it is your actions that are important. <laughs> just went in my face. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, the other the thing is to do here is that we're not trying to solve all society's problems. We're just trying to make gaming a safer environment for everyone. I just like to point that out too. Sure, there's going to be you know people we can't stop them from thinking you know rude or racist or sexist things. We certainly can't stop them from saying them on the internet, but there are ways to moderate those things and well, make these places safe. Where are the limits? I mean, am I going to go to the house of every kid, thirteen year old kid that's called me a faggot on Xbox Live because I don't have that time? I mean, in fact, I don't have enough time in my life to actually go to every child that's ever called me a faggot on Xbox Live, but I have a mute button, and that rules. And that, that stops that particular immediate issue. Then there's the whole be the change you want to see in the world kind of mantra. I don't call people faggot on Xbox Live, even my friends. You know, I don't. I behave in a manner that I'd like to see other people behave in, and when they don't, I'm disappointed and I move on. You know, it's like to sit there and beat my head against the wall or chew tinfoil because someone behaved in a manner that didn't physically come in contact with me, that I was able to actually control whether I wanted to take it in my life or not. Eh, you know, <laughs> like, like, what are you going to do? When, when that physical realm is bre breached, that's game over. Like, now you have the right to, you know, defend yourself physically, whatever you need to do. And that person deserves to be punished in so way. I think we will address... I was just going to say, that's bordering really close on a justification for cyberbullying. Like, you can just block the person, ignore it, and it's like, sometimes you really can't. And I, I'm not saying you just justified cyberbullying. Don't you do. I just think that you can't say um, it's when it reaches the physical realm that it's a problem. Because so many people have suffered through um, interaction they've had online. Um, oh, dear. I'm lagging. But, uh, Sorry. <laughs> um... I mean, tell me about it. I just did. You know, I mean, I just wrote a vitriolic piece yeah. that got people's interest. And I spent the last few days on a very active defense, but that didn't stop, you know, phone calls to my, my cell phone and things people found. They're like, you know, you're a woman hater and you're a bigot. And I'm like, Who, how'd you get my number? And they're like, well, I found it. I'm like, okay, cool. Awesome. Have your say. And I just let them talk. And that's fine. Then there's the emails. Then there's the other stuff that you know, a couple of people in my real-life realm know people who were so upset that they passed messages along, and I even got some confrontations. Now, you know, I have a benefit that you guys don't, and most people don't, in that I'm six foot three, 310 pounds, and I'm gigantic. Um, and, and so when people do that whole, I'm going to find that guy, I'm going to pound him, and then I'm going to see him, and then I'm going to not do that. Um, so that that's really something I said uh, it's a small benefit. Like when God rolled me up, he took some pretty good... <laughs> I also have to say, though, it's a little bit different in the sense that people are looking at you and they're judging you on what you wrote. Maybe fairly, maybe unfairly, they're saying you're misogynist, you're a woman hater, or maybe you're just like, whatever guys get called, like, I'm a wimp, you're a woman, whatever. But they're not looking at you going like, oh, Joe, look at your chest, blah, 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 or oh, Joe, look at... You're not making physical body comments about you. 
Oh, actually, like your person, uh, unless God, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, okay, I live in Atlanta, and this is God. I hope I don't go off on the wrong tangent here. I live in Atlanta. It's a very, very, very dense homosexual population here, and there is sexual harassment that takes place. To me, it's one of those things where going going to the girl in the elevator who has asked for coffee. Anyone who finds me attractive, I'm flattered because you know I was an ugly kid. So now it's like one of those things where when people say, man, you know, I have some thoughts about you that are deviant. I'm like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Now let's stop here. But <laughs> I'm going to lie. I, I spent some time in my mind thinking, that's pretty cool. You know, I'm not interested, but somebody found me hot. That's, that's okay. Yeah. I've had some instances that went way too far, um, especially at conventions. Um, people are drunk all the time. And I've had, you know a guy nibbled my ear because he, I, he convinced me to lean in so he could whisper. And I'm like, hey, oh, that's... No, without your permission? That's too much, okay? So what I'm saying is that it's nowhere near cool, all right? But it does happen. So there's these little moments where I can say, no, I can relate to that. Some dude grabbed your ass, all right? That's too far. Um, you know, a guy grabs my wife's ass in the bar, and she'll flat knock him out. And it's happened a couple of times. And she has every right in the world, and I don't think any single person in that bar would stop her from doing that. Same thing happens to me. Let I've had women take those liberties. I can't do that. That's inappropriate, wrong, way overbearing, but it does happen. You know, same thing with like a homosexual male going and coming on to me physically, touching me, and I'm like, I already have issues with like the physical thing to begin with. But again, how you behave, I think that point is so. It needs to be driven home in all cases. Every single person has deviant thought. All have these crazy jumble of things that happen in our mind anyone who pretends that their brain is as orderly as their speech is a liar um, i'm gonna pause you here because i would like you to tell the story um hang on a second here i'm gonna scroll back up i would like to hear um if you could share with the the listeners the story about kate williams because um, i want to hear your take on that and have them understand that the kate williams story yes uh Remind me what the Kate Williams. <laughs> no research for you. Okay. <laughs> what is happening? Thing. I mean, like, well, I have all my time people's chat rooms and forums and those things. So I haven't read the Kate Williams story. I apologize. I'm gonna look it up for you so I get the details right. Um, what I basically remember about it was Kate Williams worked for a review magazine and she was going to go in and do a review of a game. Uh, when she went to sit down uh, and do the review and play the game, there were several other people there and other computers, the person who was demonstrating the game took the controller out of her hand and wouldn't even let her attempt to play it because she was a beautiful woman and he felt that um, she couldn't possibly be good at this game. So he, he played it for her, had her watch, and then pointed out ridiculous things in it like, oh, look at that cute bunny, while he ran around Skyrim. It wasn't Skyrim, but something similar. And the assumption was that she, you know, wasn't a... a legitimate enough journalist that were a gamer enough person to be able to to play this game properly that's that's the basics of it i'd like to i'd like to give the game and the uh company but she was wearing her badge it's a pc pc gaming thing she was wearing her badge and uh that's the thing that kind of really irritated me like she's wearing a big sign that says i play games and write about them <laughs> you know and and they just see her face and like no you're too pretty. Let's look at the bonus. Well, let me know when you want my reaction, because this pretty much, you know, 
three words. <laughs> okay. Guy's a dick. <laughs> I mean, like, the the simple fact is, all right, if someone's at a press conference, they had credentials to get in there in the first place. The second thing is there's basic human respect, and if someone's there to demo a game, let them demo the game. If they then act like a moron, like, ah, ha, ha, what does the X button do? Then you show them because you're a polite presenter, and this is your job, and professional courtesy dictates that you do your job. What you think inside your head while you're doing that, eh, it's your own interp- your interpretation of whatever. I mean, Kate Williams got a raw deal. I wish I had known this story, and I wish I had read it when you told me to, and you did give me proper, you know, lead-in. I did a terrible job of research, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's um, okay. The point's just for discussion, discussing the topic. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, guys' reactions like that, you know, is it endemic of male behavior? Probably because the majority of men do it. But that doesn't make, I mean, I think that that's a very human thing to do to assume things based on people's looks. I mean, you know, I see a guy with a cowboy hat and a belt, big ass belt buckle and a, you know, Western shirt. I assume he has a dog and likes Western music. <laughs> you know, like these are things we do. We're, we're prejudiced by nature. I mean, if we weren't, we would all be eaten by tigers constantly because we keep trying to pet them. I mean, it's just, it's just what we are. But the thing is, you know, we go back to that, that one statement that was made that it's how you behave. And I think that, Every human being deserves courtesy. I mean, you know, when, when you talk about the girls I was writing about, the booth babe types, the, you know, the, the ones who are there to build out their professional portfolios from modeling and have no interest whatsoever in the X-Men character they're dressed as. All right. When, when they have gone beyond the shadow of a doubt and say, you know, I don't even know what character this is. I'm just here for my modeling site. At that point, do you berate them? Well, that depends on how you were raised. I don't. I just kind of roll my eyes and move on. But it doesn't stop the fact that I have an opinion on what they do to the culture. That, that you know, it isn't about keeping the gates and having tests and all those things. It's about you know, do you want to water the culture down to that point? Do you want to say everyone's happy and this is such an inclusive environment? We want everyone here when that's the behavior that takes place. You know, and it's just no, I don't. You know, okay, what- Joe, I have two thoughts. Ready? Two thoughts. Number one, as I recall from the Kate Williams article. It wasn't just one person who did it. It happened to her all day, like a lot of people. She'd go into, walk into, play a game and review it. And consistently throughout the day, she'd get the controller snatched out of her hands. It wasn't like she was asking anyone for help. They were just taking it and then touring her through while they did the controls. And she just sort of watched, stunned, like, what the hell is going on? Um, the, the other thing here... Uh, is that we're not looking to completely scrub clean and change the entire culture of gaming. You know, uh, Smack Talk is a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. I love it. It's great. But there's a line. And I think it's important that we, as a community, define that line and then enforce it. And it's not going to come from gaming company. It's not going to come from Xbox. It's not going to come from those guys because there's no real business incentive for them to enforce that. They don't want to alienate any of their customers. So no, no, no. no. That is true. You are right. There's a commercial incentive to not enforcing those kinds of rules, but there's also a where is the line actually and how do you decide to enforce that? You know, as the owner of a community yourself, you know when you see it, all right? So that definition of pornography that the Supreme Court came out with is just, like, so brilliant. You know it when you see it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when when Daniel Tosh told 
uh, God, I wish I had her name in my memory, but I wrote a, a very long piece about the fact that, you know, if Daniel Tosh is making rape jokes at a comedian show, and you know nothing about Daniel Tosh, you don't know his reputation, which is, I make really inappropriate bullshit jokes because I'm a frat boy and a moron. Um, that's one of those things where you're in the audience and you decide to speak up, you've become a heckler. Whether you're right or you're wrong or what he's saying is right or wrong is his show and he does it. When he then turns around and says, it's, it would be so funny if five guys raped her like right now, Daniel Tosh just completely not only invalidated the agreement between heckler and comedian, he went and insinuated that a woman should be physically violated and that would be humorous. That's a line. All right, I know that one when I see it. And as a big brother, that's a fist to the face. How do you put that in writing? I mean, how do you, how do you, you I know, think you say if you would say that to your daughter, if you would, if someone would say that to your daughter or to your mother, how would you feel? And that is sort of an easy way in my mind to say, you know, okay, yeah. you crossed the line. If, if someone says something that you wouldn't want, I mean, aside from certain sexual innuendo, in the land of appropriate. Uh, how would you feel if someone said that to your mom or to your daughter? Yeah, I, I think that's a fine response. In the immediate adrenaline-filled nature of a comedian show, I don't know how I'd respond to that. In Xbox Live, I don't know how I'd respond to that because really, if I'm dealing with a teenager or even an, ol an older guy who's just being immature and trolling, you just threw gasoline on that fire. The thing to remember is that in certain instances, guys are just truly gross. I mean, they're just sexual retards. They're dogs. In some instances, they're just there to cause chaos. And in certain instances, like, um, you know, in, in any game where a guy's just being a troll, or even a girl could be a troll, I suppose, but I, I don't know. I think guys just love being dicks. Sometimes it's just watching you react. It's this, like, pushing the button and getting food moment where it doesn't matter what he's saying and it doesn't matter what you're saying he's actually going to na navigate down to whatever pressure point gets you to start screaming and i don't know even some people use this tactical advantage in certain games but i think it even gets more basic that just some people are brats you know it's that batman quote that some men just want to see the world burn i think every every guy especially having been one my whole life has a little bit of that in them they just, they light matches to watch them burn. They throw rocks at windows to watch them crash. They throw bottles on the ground to see them break. There's something innately destructive about humanity. And I think that, you know, if I get too philosophical, I'll tell you why I believe that that becomes <laughs> an actual building block. Like, I think that that turns you into an engineer in some regards. But regardless. Go ahead, Chris. I, I, want to I have something that I want to touch on that, um, again, I don't think, I don't think my opinions are going to be very popular, but it's kind of an ag agree-disagree, and that is, for me, when I think about, like, feminism in general, um, and within the realms of gaming, what matters to me, and the way I define how women should be treated is equally. Um, I, everybody views this differently. I, I know people that are feminists that believe that women should be treated equally, and at the same time, better, which I don't agree with. I think equality is equality. So on that level, when it comes to trolling, there are things where, you know, you can say, like, this is not any different than what this guy would say to another guy. But there are also lots of things that guys do and say to women that they would never do and say to themselves. And so that's not equal treatment. So you, I, I understand, like, you can't, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me to be like, you know, like, I'm really, like, my feelings are hurt because this guy yelled at me and he, like, camped me and he, like, ganked me and he won't leave me alone. Okay, yeah, that's, for me, like, that's, that's what you do in a game. That's just how people treat each other. The problem for me is when 
you're treated in a way that is disrespectful, that it, a man would never do that to another man, things that would be said or would be done to you. And that, for me, that's, that's where I look at feminism. It's the equality. And so not necessarily better, I guess. Like, I, it's not like, you know, I'm going to go cry because somebody, you know, like, called me names when I was playing TF2. Um, it's whenever, you know, like, it, like, I don't know, like, guys generally don't make, like, the rape jokes to each other or, like, I don't know, things like that. So that's, that's where I'm coming from. Everyone gets teabagged as an avatar. It's universal. It <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> there are actually kind of uh, three major points that I want to come back on really quickly, just from everything that Joe and uh, Kristen Elizabeth have said. Um, as regards to what happens on Xbox Live, the reactions count. And the thing is, if a guy, if a, you know, some boy says, um, please don't say I'm lagging again, mm -mm. I'll cry. No. Okay, so great. So if a boy says something um, offensive to you, like, um, you know, shut your mouth, get in the kitchen, make me a sandwich before I rape you, or some other trite thing, um, and you say to them, dude, too far, or, you know, that's enough. Um, the thing is that I've found when I've said things like that, or I've heard other girls say, like, stop, you know, stop talking about my boobs, it's embarrassing me, that other guys who weren't talking will jump up to defend this guy mm. and it's like no you should be saying if you tell this guy stop what you're doing I don't like it they should respect you to say okay I won't you know maybe they make rape jokes with their other friends that's fine but if I don't want you to do it then I don't want you to do it and other guys should stand up at the same time and say you know she said don't and other guys either support this freedom of speech crap or say nothing. And people that say nothing, you know, they don't want to get in an argument, they don't want to become subject to trolling themselves. And it's like, just damn well say something, you know. Um, you need to put pressure on people to behave properly. Um, and the other two things are that certain things in the right, okay. I think most things in the world are socially constructed. When you see a guy uh, with a Stetson and a check shirt and some cowboy boots and you think he has a dog and rides a horse, that's because society says that. It's not It's not ingrained. Um, perhaps a tiger with big teeth is ingrained. But, um, <laughs> you know, a girl with a tight top and a short skirt, you know, you think she must be easy. Because, that. I mean, that's how society has constructed a, you know, a kind of available woman. And women are constructed to be uh, weaker, um unable to stand up for themselves and within games they're constructed a certain way which is the object of sexual attention um i mean ugh, i can't remember what the test is called Bechtel. Bechtel test. Yeah. Yeah, the Bechtel try test. that test and believe me it doesn't stop me enjoying lots of movies um, two of the ten for this year's top two passed i mean this is terrible but this is the way women are understood um in media and when you try to say Women aren't like that. People get offended and say, I know women aren't like that in real life. It's like, so why can't you just show them like that in films so that little girls can look up to them and big girls can, you know, feel proud and I don't know, it just it's just so limiting. It's so trying, it's so boring. I think that also language is really important. I know that fag kind of means well, it means effeminate male, which is what gay people are thought to be, effeminate men, which is um, often not true, and I'm sure a lot of people find it offensive to be labeled an effeminate man. 
and some straight people are effeminate men. So, well, let, let me know. let me clarify the fag thing. I don't think it means effeminate man. In fact, if you watch the South Park episode, which I point everyone to, which because it's the most brilliant analysis of how language changes, they're talking about Harley owners, these big, burly Harley Davidson, loud pipe having assholes. And I, by the way, I curse a lot. So if the poopy words are bad, tell me now so I can try and curtail it. Um, they're. They're all so macho and tough, and that's the point. They're looked down on, man, you're such a fag. Because, I mean, you're fake tough. You're not tough. You're not able to hold your own. It isn't about being effeminate. It's about being, it's about weakness. It's about, you know, dominance in general. And I don't think that it deals with homosexuality or effeminate. I think it's just simply you're a wimp. Perhaps not for I think some it's, people, but slipping out. No, it does. And uh, there are lots of words that have their etymology deep, deep in the past where it just doesn't resonate. But fag, um, bitch, whore, those kind of words Nigger. still do. Yeah, exactly. Those kind of words still have painful uh, things to it. And, and the thing is, I used to call people a fag and gay. I played World of Warcraft for a long time, and it was just—it was just something you called your friends. I call some of my friends slag, affectionately. Um, it, it's mean, but then I sort of realised, like, it's cruel actually. And would a would a gay person say say to me? you're hurting my feelings would they say that because i know that i've been in situations where some people make rape jokes all the time they just fucking rape you shut up i'm going to rape you and it makes me feel uncomfortable i don't i don't detest i don't know if i detest it i don't really like it but i the point is i feel too uncomfortable to ask people to stop because i feel like i might be kicked out of the boys treehouse if i express how i feel about certain things um and for that reason i stop calling people you massive gay, you such a fag, because of the uncomfortable situation I feel myself in. Um, and I think that this has got awful, but um, as a kind of white, middle-class male, Western male, there aren't that many things that you're subjected to that put you in this in that position. And I know that's a, such a horrible blanket generalization. And there are some no, 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 you're right. You are so incredibly right I, and I don't I don't mean to sound like I'm such a minority I'm so hard done by but I, I've um I mean actually I can't go into this it's gonna be too long <laughs> yeah, go unfortunately tangent, we need to get to the the part where we figure out exactly what we think can be mm -hmm. done and some I, I kind of had a rhetorical question to like throw at the end of that that okay. we don't have to discuss or answer it's like the thing like we were talking about people would use the word gay as like um, like a derogatory statement and I was raised somewhere where people did this a lot. And so I remember one time someone telling me it was very um, offensive. And I was like, oh, it's just what people say. Like, I, I didn't realize that was offensive. So the rhetorical question here is just because people say it, if somebody tells you that it's offensive, is is the answer like, oh, well, it's just what people say. Is that appropriate? Because, I mean, like, if it if it offends somebody, I, I feel like that should be important. And I don't know that it, people consider it to be important. Well, Obviously, most of the time that should just be enough, you know. I know it's rhetorical. That's sound balance. Okay, I'd like to um, say one thing and then move to Elizabeth, who's going to tell us some sites we can go to and some ways that uh, we can hopefully do our part to to stop this from happening. Um, I'd like to say, Victoria, that every time I've played 
a game, most MMOs or something, I've been in a guild, and I've been lucky enough that uh, because I think the guild or, or the situations I've been in, when somebody does say something, or if I say, like, hey, you know, stop, I don't like that, stop, I've had guys stand up and say, hey, that's not appropriate, and defend me. And I think there are lots of guys out there in the gaming community that do, that do their part to stand up and say, you know, hey, that isn't acceptable, or you shouldn't say that, or, you know, knock it off. And I don't mean for us to... Uh, to generalize and say that all guys are, you know, trolling hags, because there are plenty of guys out there that are, you know, and even just the word manning up is really horrible to say, but lots of guys out there that are just really treating um, their fellow women gamers well, and so it's not all bad, but, but to address the problems that we do have, let's talk to Elizabeth and see what she's learned about things we can do. Okay, so... Uh, I'm a writer, and my background is in advertising, so of course my brain is going to go, hey, let's solve this from a PR perspective. And there, I think, is some validity to that. I mean, other people will bring their skills to the table and say, well, there's a way to fix it, you know, this way or that way or whatever. But um, in, in looking at this, the wonderful thing about social media and the Internet is that it democratizes uh, whose voices get heard. Everybody gets a voice. It doesn't matter the internet doesn't care what you look like or what sex you are. So, with that in mind, uh, my, my first instinct is to tell all the ladies out there who are having these issues to, you know, you can keep logging the complaints and, and like, offensive comments on, say, fatuglyorslutty.com, uh, which catalogs all of the Xbox Live harassment. Um, but... I don't know that that's really going to make a difference. With the vitriol that is being spewed from these places and from certain individuals, it really makes more sense to me to mock them mercilessly via the internet and with the tools that we have, such as making online videos or memes, because everybody loves a good joke. And for these individuals, generally speaking, hitting them where it hurts is the pride make fun of them, get people laughing at them, and disseminate it across the internet, and you'll get your point across. And perhaps even get the attention of some of these gaming companies that maybe they should reconsider having things like booth babes at these conferences. There's also a wonderful website, gamersagainstbigotry.org, uh, which... Well, they were, they were previously gaining pledges, but just a few days ago, their site was hacked and all of their pledges were or removed, all of their signatures. So uh, right now they have an Indiegogo fundraising site, which uh, is pretty cool. Three hours left. Uh, and if you go to, oh, sorry? Three hours left. I think you can still contribute to the Kickstarter if you want at Indiegogo for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty cool. Um and then the, the two other things that I'd say are that just, by definition, the guys who have these issues aren't really going to care or respect our views because we're women. We have tits, therefore we don't count, right? So uh, with that in mind, we do need good men who recognize these problems who, you know, may not want to speak on behalf of women. It's still up to them to stand up and say, hey, that's over the line, dude. That's not cool. Back off. And I think uh, my last point here would be to refer to Jane McGonigal's Reality is Broken, which 
calls on games as ways to solve the world's problems for humanity, or at least, you know, achieve a better understanding of that. And I think that that's the perfect medium to get across this message. Um, so, for example, there was a video game designer not too long ago who created a game about the transgender experience, which I had no knowledge of previously, and then I played this game, and uh, it was fantastic, and I learned a lot. So, make games, make videos, make memes, use the media at our disposal to get across our message. What do you think about some people's suggestion that, uh, specifically toward Xbox Live, um, you either don't allow people to have chat when they initially join and they have to earn it through good behavior, or, or, or you have it so that people have to, they lose any anonymity and gamer tags and have to sign in with their own name attached to their account. What do you guys think of those two options? Do you think that would stop the trolling or you think that's just kind of naive? I have a quick answer, so I'm going to jump in real quick. Um, I do think that having your name, your actual name, would stop trolling. But as someone who um, is all about privacy, uh, people's personal privacy, I don't, I don't agree with having, being forced to use your own name. I, I think that people should have the right to be safe if that's what they want to do. I'd say that it, uh, to your point, Krista, I do agree. Although, if people are habitual offenders, it could be some kind of point system where they lose the right to their privacy if they continually harass people, possibly. Why not a situation like both? Why not an opt-in where I can say I'm a real gamer tag versus a standard gamer tag or anonymous gamer tag, and I can opt in to only find people who have their real name as a gamer tag? I mean, the same thing as Amazon reviews. I only want to read reviews from people who actually have their name and are verified. Um, Facebook. I only friend people who are on Facebook who are legitimate human beings who I know, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, Tumblr gives you that, or not Tumblr, well, Tumblr too, but, you know, Twitter gives you that anonymity and all the freedom you ever could want. Um, and then Facebook gives you the option to be a real human being and a real boy and come in and say, no, no, I stand by what I say. I mean, why not a system like that where, you know, if Xbox Live had two channels where you could, you know, do both or anonymous or you know, real gamer tags only. And that gives me some accountability, some sort of... It, it's demonstrated time and again that people who have their real face and real name behave better. Yes. You know, you take anonymity away and you take away the mask and people quit robbing banks as much. You know? <laughs> as long as it's a choice, though, we shouldn't give up one right for another. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Mm -hmm. It should definitely be a choice. And I like Joe's idea where you can opt in because then I can see it being a real quick step to... Uh, in groups like the Fragdolls and uh, other kind of established groups saying we use our real names um, and I can see other people copying it and it catching on quite quickly. Um, it's a very good idea. As long as it's not forced because I know some people just don't want to go there. They don't want to make friends online. I mean, <laughs> they just they just want to play. They don't want to talk. They don't want to be involved. Um, and if I didn't want to use my real name, I wouldn't want to be forced to. But if there was an incentive uh, like that, um, I think it would be a really good option. Definitely something to suggest. Okay, we're getting ready to close here, so I'm going to give you all a chance to uh, make any final remarks you have to say before that. So let's see, how about Krista, anything you want to say before we close? Oh, goodness. No, I think maybe I covered the things. Okay. Very Sorry, good. was not prepared. No, <laughs> just anything. If you had anything you were pondering the whole time and then you just didn't get a chance to say it, now is your chance. <laughs> uh, I just think that people should feel like they can reach out to other people. Like, um, I don't know, if anybody is 
dealing this it might sound really dumb like if you're dealing with any of the stuff that we talked about like um my username is kitten and that is universal and you can find me and i will listen and uh yeah i feel like uh people should feel like they can talk to other people if you're on the internet you have no one to talk to you can come talk to me elizabeth how about you i was just going to say that uh to the points about objectification earlier uh you know media which is something i'm in and and study it does condition people from the time they're very young without even thinking about it to view women as objects and not as people as types and not as individuals and i think it's important that we begin to change that with our generation just at least in the way that we act and in the way that we think and in the language that we use i think that would be key also if you want to find me online you can use my twitter handle which is my real name elizabeth sang excellent Krista, I'm going to give you a chance here, even though we're running late. She just set it up perfectly, and I have to. Krista's been researching this article that I linked to her recently, which was a new science study that came out about objectification, and specifically women, and she spent all this time researching. So if she wants to take five minutes and just tell about the article, go for it. Uh, yeah, so uh, I have a pretty short like version of what it is, and I don't know how we're doing links, but I'm assuming that people chat. will be able to follow it. Yeah. Um, it's basically a study, a scientific study that was done on the perceptions of men and women and their body parts. Um, basically, it was a research published in the European Journal of Social Psychology, um, where participants were given images of um, like sexual body parts of men and women. And basically, what they showed was that women's body parts were more easily recogni recognized in isolation. So, if you were to show like a woman's um, waist, people would be like, "Oh, that's the waist of a woman." But if you were to show, you know, like a guy's abs. Um, they actually, the participants wouldn't recognize that. They, they saw men globally, whereas they could under, they would see women locally and they would actually recognize that better. And, um, something that I think is really interesting is that both men and women recognize the images this way. It wasn't that men were like, oh, that's, that's a lady's boobs. Um, it was everybody, both participants, male and female saw women that way. So women, I, I, I don't know, like that kind of seems like. Um, women are objectifying women or are being trained to do that just as much as men are and it's just kind of a it's a cool I'm study like the media conditioning yeah. thing and then they also did a thing where they like altered the images too um, and like touch them up the way that we do in like media and things like that and I didn't really get into that as much but that's in the article too okay I thought it was interesting and it had some suggestions on and there are ways to change your brain's thinking in that direction and, and to have to have it not do that, which I thought was also kind of neat. They didn't specify exactly how you're supposed to retrain your brain, but maybe those will people. <laughs> it's, will possible. it's possible. It's <laughs> possible. Okay, Joe. Final thoughts as we close here. Um, I'm gonna try and stay short. I do talks around the nation and the world now. Actually, it's kind of cool on Akira. I it's a big passion of mine. I love you know sharing the art from Akira and talking about it. And I noticed that the crowd is so much larger as years go by and there's so many kids young kids uh boys and girls who are in the audience and one thing i always point out is that there's this new generation two generations old actually of people like us having children and they're raising their kids to understand that hey man all this stuff i got beat up for as a kid is okay now not only that it's popular it's awesome go love it uh, you want to make art for a living you can make art for a living and that i think is really the key and the answer to all of this is just simple. Raise the child that you want to see exist in the world. Behave the way you'd like to see other people behave. And things will shift. I mean, in society right now, 
kids are, well, geeks are the dominant force. When you don't have an iPhone and you don't have gadgetry and you don't understand the internet, you're ostracized. That's so different from when I was a kid, you know, in 1993, 94, 95 in the computer lab at my high school, being like one of two guys in there doing stuff. And to be the football player doing that on the internet was even weirder. And it's just like, it's, it's changing because society evolves. I don't think you can walk out the door and without a catastrophic event like 9-11 or the shootings in Aurora, point to something, put a pin in the map and change society overnight. And I don't advocate those sorts of events. I think that it's simple. It's just, it's trending. It's what Gandhi said. You know, it's just like, you know, first they mock you, then they berate you, then they beat you, and then you, they win. You know, or you win. Sorry, I completely butchered that. But I mean, <laughs> you just forgive you. Just, just stand strong and don't stop and don't give in, and the change will come. And I think that you know the other part is when you see bullshit, call bullshit. Like just flat out say no, that's nonsense, that's bullshit. Even if other people around you disagree, even if the majority disagree, when when you know a candle is lit in the darkness, people can't help but look. And it doesn't mean that what you're saying is the light. What it means is that what you're saying is the push. At least people will talk about it. At least conversation will take place. Things like this podcast. I never would have met you, fine ladies, if it wasn't for this piece I wrote, which you know got taken so many different directions by so many different places. You know, it, it, it and it was never what I intended. But the conversation, there's no denying it. Doesn't matter how wrong or right it was taken. This conversation is taking place on a scale it's never taken place on before. Um, if I did some good with that, awesome. If I didn't, well, you know, we'll figure that out and I'll take my lumps. But say what you feel and be honest about it and never, ever, ever back down in the face of something that you know is wrong. Even if the kid berates you on Xbox Live or a bully's messing with you in the hall at school or, you know, a Tosh says some bullshit from the stage on, you know, a comedy show, when something's wrong, call it out and don't back down. Yeah, just to like solidify, like that I I'm totally on board with that. Is the thing is you you might be like Anita, like you might get persecuted for what you say and for standing up, and it might seem scary to do so, and it might not change anything, and you might get hassled for it, but it might help somebody after you. Whoever comes after you, like you're you're saying something might have made your life worse, but it might have made theirs better. It's just something to consider. Victoria. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, th I think I think you said really well. I particularly like what Elizabeth said. Uh, I think it's really important to remember that society works in ripples and waves, and we can't see exactly which way things are going. But it is important to remember that the media and entertainment um, they sort of they construct and reflect um, our identities um, at the same time. You know, so it's really important to make sure that they are. They don't have to. Not every story has to be positive. But not every story should be negative or uh, in a certain pattern that is embarrassing and negative. Um, and the thing is that a lot of people don't like to accept that they are influenced on a, a, a deep and kind of unobvious level by media and entertainment. Um, but that's, that's what is so dangerous because you don't watch a film and think, ah, I really have to go rob a bank now, that Ocean's Eleven, it seems like a great idea. Um, you don't see what it's doing to you. These tiny little ripples of change um, affect people. So as Elizabeth said, we have to use uh, every avenue that's open to us um, to make these little changes. And the ripples turn into waves and uh, we make a better society and we make better entertainment and it will result in better games. 
Excellent. Well, I thank you to Victoria and Krista, whom I really can't spend enough time with. And if we lived closer, I'd be over all the time, so you're sick with me. <laughs> you can find Krista at Kitten, K-I-H-T-E-N, and Victoria at Sirin, S-Y-R-I-N underscore on Twitter. And it was lovely meeting you, Elizabeth. Thank you for stepping up to talk to us and uh, put your fate out there for the inevitable trolling. <laughs> you can find her at Elizabeth Sang. And finally, Joe, who has a really good heart, and even though we might have some differences of, of opinion at times, I think you're very funny, and I think you really want to make the world a better place for women and men together. So I appreciate you coming on here and helping us see some different perspectives. You can find him at joethepeacock.com. And if you'd like to leave some feedback or keep up with the news, you can find me on Twitter at Gray Area Podcast, at Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast, or on iTunes. If you have any gray areas in your relationships or just need a new perspective, email your questions, advice, or suggestions to genesegray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode. And please subscribe if you like it.